What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. This is the podcast where there are no rules and no topic is off limits. Here we are leaving the filtered, curated and socially acceptable version of ourselves at the theoretical door and together we will walk into a world of radical self-expression, true authenticity and deep vulnerability. This podcast is for you if you're a stigma fighter, a shame slayer, a woman desiring to call in her aligned partner, or simply a woman sick of not showing the fuck up to her life as her true authentic self. I cannot wait to welcome you into my world and connect with every single one of you. Strap yourself in because we are only just getting started. Let's fucking go. Welcome back, beautiful human, to this two-part welcome series of the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast. And I am really curious, did you sit down and ask yourself the question, what am I avoiding? And what were your answers? Did you start to look back on your life and think, fuck, I actually do make perfect sense based on that thing that happened when I was eight, when I was 12, when I was 14, when I was 21, I would have in those moments created these false beliefs about myself and the world. And I didn't actually go back and do any work on that time in my life. And therefore, I'm starting to now, I'm noticing now that I've been showing up to certain relationships, certain situations, certain scenarios from a really disempowered state of being. But it's because that past version of me is now showing up to my life now. And now with this awareness and knowing that I make perfect sense and knowing that there's nothing wrong with me and knowing that I was simply avoiding facing off with the thoughts that I created then, there's so much work for me to do. Oh my goodness. What if I actually fucking looked at those moments in time? What if I actually healed from that trauma? What if I created a new set of beliefs to live from? That weren't false beliefs about myself, about my appearance, about my worth, about my courage, about my expression, about what I deserve in relationship, about what I deserve when it comes to my relationship with money, about what I deserve when it comes to my career, about what it means to be seen. What if I was to actually look at, go back and look at that? How would my life fucking change forever? You literally now have an opportunity to go and change your life forever. That's pretty fucking cool. I think so anyway. And so the herpes virus, carrying on from where we were, I walk into the office, one woman, definitely not with this tone of voice, (laughs) really confused. I'm 25 years young. I am very uneducated when it comes to STIs. I've never had an STI before ever in my life. I've actually never had a STI check ever before ever in my life. I marked myself as safe from STIs because I said I only sleep with boyfriends and I make them wait two, three, four months before I have sex with them. Therefore, I'm not going to be a person who's on the receiving end of an STI. I was very naive. I was very uneducated. I'm not sure about you, but when it comes to STIs, I never had any desire to be educated in them. And I went to a Catholic school. So when I think about sex education, I don't ever remember being educated and informed about what an STI was. I believe that the purpose of a condom was to prevent pregnancy, not to prevent STIs. And so I had been complaining about pain in my stomach for about a week to one of my girlfriends, Alex. 
And I'm a very healthy person. I'm pro-natural health. I drink all the water. I eat all the healthy food. I move my body. I believe in sleep and meditation and self-care. I love natural health and very pro-natural health. And I've always been this way. I've hated medication since I was a child. I remember being five, six, seven years old and my parents giving, you know, the cough medicine that they put in a spoon and try and put it in your mouth. I remember my lips being pursed and just hating the taste of it. So knowing that we are a product of our beliefs and knowing that a lot of the, most of these beliefs were formed in childhood, knowing that as a child, I hated medicine. It doesn't come as a surprise that I'm such a pro-natural health person now. I do believe that Western medicine has its place, but not always for a lot of people the first place. That's my beliefs. That doesn't need to be your beliefs. It's just the lens through which I view the world. And so I turn to my friend and I say, I have this pain in my stomach. Now, knowing that I'm a person that's pro-natural health, I'm also a person that doesn't like going to the doctor unless I'm like fucking dying. And so I say this to her on the Monday. By the time Thursday comes, the pain has grown in intensity. It feels like it's on the inside of my stomach and now it's starting to hurt to urinate. And I think to myself, this is very foreign. I have never had this experience before. Something doesn't feel right. And so I tell my girlfriend, Alex, again, I say, something something bad is going on with my body. I'm feeling challenged to walk. It hurts to walk. It hurts to urinate. And so we thought, maybe it's a UTI. I thought, okay, I'm going to book a doctor's appointment. I'm going to go to a lady doctor and I'm going to figure out how to get rid of this UTI. She'll probably get me to drink cranberry juice or something. And so I book the doctor and I go in on a Friday and I walk in and I explain my symptoms to her and she says, when was the last time you did an STI check? And I look at her kind of dumbfounded and naive and I look at her like, I only have sex with boyfriends. I definitely don't need to do an STI check. And she goes, well, when was your last one? And that question to me was quite a shocking question because it made me realize I've never fucking had one ever in my whole entire life. I just believed because I sleep with very few people that I don't need to get one. And so I looked at her and my eyes kind of widened. If you could see my eyes right now, they get very wide. I was kind of like, never. And in that moment, I felt nervous. And she goes, well, let's just start there, shall we? And I think, okay, we'll start there. And so I lie down, she opens the curtains, I take off my pants, I lie down and she has a little look around and she has this voice. She was a very gentle lady and she was like, oh, honey. And she like pursed her lips and she was like, you have herpes. And I hadn't received what she was saying in this moment because I didn't know what the fuck it meant to have herpes. I was just like, okay. And my next thought was, that's fine. I'm just going to have to get rid of it. I said to her, okay, let me know what antibiotics I take or is it an injection? How do I get rid of this thing? Like, what's the next step? And she doesn't say anything and she prints off an information sheet about it. And she hands it over to me. And I can't remember, this isn't word for word what she said, but she said something along the lines of, you don't get rid of it. And she hands me the sheet of paper. And in that moment, that was when it felt like my entire life was fucking over. I felt like I desired for the earth to open up and just swallow me whole. She hands me this information sheet. I'm like, I do not want to walk out with a fucking information sheet about a fucking stigmatized virus that I'm stuck with now for life. She prints me off a script for antivirals and I just remember crying and crying and crying and I remember immediately all of these beliefs 
bang, 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 belief, 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 belief. Oh my God, my life is ruined. Oh my God, no one's ever going to want me. Oh my God, I'm going to have to stay with this man because I cannot ever have this word herpes come out of my mouth. Oh my God, my sex life is ruined. I just want to let you know, I had not researched herpes at all up until this point. I didn't know what the fuck it was. But these are all the beliefs without any study or research or any time spent learning about what the fuck the herpes virus is. I immediately started to subscribe to these limiting false beliefs about me and what it meant for my life going forward in that moment. Now I know I am so much smarter than to immediately subscribe to beliefs about something that I have no fucking idea it is. I'm way too smart for that. And I just wanted to highlight that to you because if you relate to the herpes virus conversation, you're way too fucking smart for that too. Let's do some amount of research before we start to create false beliefs about who we are as women. Let's do that first, okay? If after that you want to decide that the herpes virus has ruined your life and ruined your sex life, with the education time spent under your belt dedicated to learning what it is, okay, believe it if that's what serves you, but let's spend some time first. And so I want to also remind you, a part of the subscribing to the beliefs was because I didn't know anything about the virus, the first outbreak for me was actually horrific and horrifically painful. And I thought that the herpes virus meant that forever, either permanently or once a month or twice a month or just long periods of time of that being my experience. I did jump straight onto Google Doctor, perhaps the worst fucking thing you could ever do when you just find out that you test positive for a stigmatized virus. But one of the things I did read that was the only kind of silver lining in this experience is that the first outbreak is often the worst. And so that outbreak was horrific. And I created so many beliefs about myself and my body and my sexuality and my pussy and men desiring me in that moment based on that outbreak and knowing that this was my forever experience. But I didn't realize that that outbreak would never come again. And I didn't realize the magnitude of that outbreak would never come again. And I didn't realize that outbreaks are so connected to our emotional well-being and our stresses, physical, environmental, emotional stresses. And I didn't realize how easily manageable the herpes virus is. In fact, I've gone years and years and years with no outbreaks at all. And then when I overload this year, for example, this year is the first time that I've actually had outbreaks in years because I overloaded my plate with so much work, a new podcast agency, business course, uh, master coach certification, personal development program, my own business coach, and doubling down on my business and building a team. That's fucking seven massive things. And I have a relationship that's super important to me and I'm moving out of my house. And so for three months, I had one, received one outbreak a month. And as I received those outbreaks, I say to myself, my body is a fucking miracle because I've gone three years with no outbreaks. And when I receive the outbreak, I know that something is going on in my being, in either my physical body, in my environment around me that's affecting my stress. There is something that's going on. There is a trigger, emotional trigger occurring to trigger the symptom. The symptom is a sign of something that's underlying. The symptom is not the problem. The outbreak is not the problem. In fact, the outbreak, if you're willing to look at it as something, is an incredible teacher and an incredible speaker. And your body, if you're willing to listen to her, she is always fucking speaking to you. So the more that you can open up a clear line of communication with your body, with your pussy, you'll be able to actually understand what's going on for you emotionally. And then once you understand what's going on for you emotionally, you're able to then go and address 
the root of what's happening and actually do the healing so that you don't need to always be on the receiving end of outbreaks. And that's not to shame anyone who does get them frequently, but I definitely believe through managing our emotional well-being, our physical well-being and our environmental well-being, we can navigate the herpes virus with a lot of ease and grace. It's actually one of my favorite teachers, the herpes virus. Every time she comes to me, I'm like, thank you for teaching me. I already knew that I was desiring deep relaxation. I already knew that I was on my phone way too much. I already knew that I have been overworking. I already knew that I haven't been getting fill in the blank. I already knew that I need to drink more water. But thank you for the reminder. I had known that for such a long time and I obviously wasn't listening. And now that my body's screaming at me, I'm going to do something about it. Thank you. The more that you can be grateful for this experience, the more that I believe you have the opportunity to transcend it in a really beautiful way. And so I walk out of that doctor's office and I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying. It was a doctor's office in Subiaco and I, because I actually at the time worked at a gym in, in Subiaco. I think it was fitness first and then turned into good life. And you walk downstairs and downstairs there's a chemist and I wait for my script. I'm bawling my eyes out. And I think I call my girlfriend. It's not, my memory is not truly clear, but I think I call my girlfriend because I did damage control after. I often have women who reach out to me and tell me that they test positive for the herpes virus. And then strangers all over the internet, I receive messages every single day from so many women. Sometimes I receive a message a few days later that say, oh, it was just a UTI or, oh, the doctor did a blood test and it was negative. It was a it was a mistake. And I want you to know that I see you and I understand and I know what's going on for you because I told my girlfriend, Alex, who obviously knows now, every, everyone knows now, I have herpes. <laughs> Hello, world. I test positive for the herpes virus. Yeah, I, I told Alex, I told the man that I was sleeping with, I remember I walked into his house and I was crying, crying, crying and I fell on the floor and I looked at him and I said I came back from the doctor and I have herpes. And there was a look of, he says he didn't know and there's a part of me that desires to believe him and then another part of me that just doesn't. But then he also reassured me in that moment and he said to me that he loved me And he said to me that we'll get through it together. And he said to me that I'm sexy. And he told me all the things that a broken woman in those moments really wants to hear. And I looked at him and I thought, fuck me. You were meant to be my fun, wild rebound. My ex-boyfriend was boring as batshit. And you are so wild and so polar pillars apart from him. But he was wild. This man was my ultimate rebound. I want you to understand the man prior I was so in love with so in love with and he just couldn't love me the way that I desired to be loved by him and we didn't have mass amounts of fun together in a really expressed way we were almost like 40 year olds desiring a relationship but we were 20 fucking two three four five and so this rebound boyfriend was fun sweat I the ex-boyfriend I felt like I always had to live up to his perfect expectation of me this guy we'll call him the rebound guy. He was expressed. He was wild. He was the biggest party animal you've ever met in your life. He was such a fucking alpha man's man. My ex-boyfriend used to make me feel, and this is definitely projection, used to make me feel like I was a nuisance around him. This rebound man, 
he made me feel like I was the most fun fucking person on the planet. At the time in my past relationship, I couldn't drink around that partner. I couldn't party around that partner. I couldn't go out dancing. I felt like I was always picked on, always made fun of. And this rebound guy thought I was the hottest shit to hit the planet. He thought my dancing was awesome. He thought my expression was awesome. He just lit me the fuck up to be all of me. And I loved that. And he was so sexually expressed. He was so sexually liberated. He was the exact kind of rebound that you really want to call in when you're trying to break up with the person who you think is the love of your life, minus the whole herpes virus scenario. (laughs) And so I can look back at this now and almost make so much light of it, but I can promise you it did not feel light at the time, like almost me laughing at myself. Like I had planned for this rebound man to be my perfect exit strategy for finally leaving the person that I thought I was in love with, but knew couldn't love me the way that I desired. And the fun, wild, express, liberated rebound guy came with herpes. If anyone resonates with the pain element of it, you're probably not finding it that amusing. Now, because, and the reason that I say this so that you can see the light is because no pain no longer exists. It's such a neutral event for me. In fact, it's not even neutral. It's charged with gratitude and appreciation because this painful event supported me in really becoming the woman that I am right now, the business owner that I am right now, the partner that I am right now. It supported me in breaking free and breaking away from my disordered eating. So I have so much gratitude and appreciation and I find the scenario almost quite humorous and yet it did not feel that at the time. And it's important for me to share that with you so that you know anything that you're navigating right now and the depths of the pain that you can be in in this current moment, you can transcend it, you can transmute it even if it feels impossible because at one stage in my life, disordered eating and heavy stigma and shame felt like the two things that I would never be able to conquer. They were the mountains that had no top. I believe they would always defeat me at some stages in my life and now I'm here. And I believe if one woman can break through something, then that paves the way for all of us. That paves a way of possibility. It paves a way of potential. It paves a way of self-belief. And it means that someone has already paved out the path. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. A path, a walkway, a map, a track is there for you. You just get to go and find the, and maybe you don't resonate with the herpes virus. Maybe it's something else, but you just, whatever you're navigating, I can promise you, even if your ego says that you're the only one, the herpes virus, very isolating experience. The herpes virus, also a really fucking common thing in society that no one talks about, which means that you do not need to go and reinvent that wheel. I've now paved a pathway forward of possibility, potential, and breakthrough. You don't need to create it for yourself. You don't need to reinvent it for yourself. You just get to go and ask the person who has gone through exactly what you're going through, ask them how they did it, and walk those steps. Now they're going to look slightly different for everyone, but finding the person has, who has gone through what you were going through is so powerful because it means I get to take the guesswork out and this person has already gone the long road. Like I went the long road because no one fucking else went before me. No one went before me. I searched the internet. I went straight from that floor crying to that man and in that moment feeling like, oh my God, I'm a woman with herpes. This is the most unsexy, disgusting, undesirable thing on the planet. No one will ever want to have sex with me again. No one will ever love me. No man will ever choose me. I will forever be rejected in society. I must stay with this man. And so I chose 
to stay in that relationship for a period of time out of fear, the fear of no one else ever wanting, desiring, or choosing me again. So I go from that fear-based thinking straight over to the internet, hoping that there was a beautiful woman online that I could find that was a voice for me. On Google, like I said, Google Doctor is the worst place in the world for you to start searching when it comes to the herpes virus. Very unsupported, very misleading information, very confusing, and a really traumatic space that will fill your mind with so many limiting beliefs, false beliefs, and just a lot, a lot of fear. And so I'm on the internet, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Google, and I'm thinking to myself, please, can I just find a beautiful woman who looks like she kind of really gives a fucking shit about what people think of her, who cares about her appearance, who cares about her reputation, who is also talking about the herpes virus. I Google celebrities with herpes. Google beautiful women with herpes. Google uh, women with herpes. I know this is going to be really clouded and drenched in judgment, but I could find kind of dorky people with herpes or just people who didn't represent me. And I just wanted someone who kind of looked like me to be a voice for me, to make me feel okay for my pain. And that person did not exist. And I felt so frightened. That was the final piece, fam. The ego is designed to make you feel silenced and suppressed and small and alone. And the herpes virus is a very obvious example of that, where we have this thing that is so common. And yet once we're on the receiving end of it, the very first thought that we have is, I am the only one. Now, you know the statistics. If you test positive for the virus, I know that you know the statistics. I know that you've been on Google Doctor. I know even if you won't accept it or even have that word come out of your mouth, I know that you know how normal it is. I also know that you don't know anyone who the fuck has it. Who do you know? Except for maybe me now. You don't know a lot of people with it. Why is it so common and yet so stigmatized? There's so much societal shame attached to it. So no one is speaking about it. But trust me, if you were the leader in your life, if you were the brave person to go first, I bet if you spoke to 100 people today, at least 30 of them would turn around if they had the courage and confidence to be honest, they would turn around and say me too. And in a day, you could totally annihilate all of your limiting beliefs and prove them to not be true, but it requires someone to show up in their brave leadership. It requires someone to show up and say, you know what? This really common thing that no one talks about, it's ruining all of us. So someone gets to start fucking speaking about it. So we can just say, you know what? Natural normal part of the sexual experience. Let's move on with life now. But no one's doing it. Or a few people are doing it. I'm doing it. Because I'm doing it, I'm now connected with a lot of incredible humans who are like, hey, this isn't fucking working. I'm going to start doing it too. And that's how we start to create a ripple effect of change. It requires us to show up in our own courageous leadership requires us to start to choose a self regardless of any of the opinions of others. When it comes to the opinions of others, fam, I want to remind you that I had so many limiting and false beliefs around what it meant for me to ever share with someone that I test positive for the herpes virus. And yet from the moment that I decided that I would never allow this virus to mean anything about me except for good things, I was only met with acceptance. I was only met with appreciation. I was only met with respect for my honesty and my transparency. I wasn't met with judgment. I wasn't met with projection. I thought that my car was going to get keyed and I'd seen a horrible meme on social media and it had a big house with graffiti on it that said Sarah has herpes. I live on a main road in Perth, Western Australia, and I thought to myself, someone's going to graffiti my house with Beck has herpes and 
everyone's going to see it. It's on this main street. And I wouldn't even care if someone did that now. I'd be out the front with like two thumbs up being like, look what's on my house today. I don't think my landlords are going to like it. But it wouldn't actually bother me because for me, testing positive for the herpes virus now has so much empowering meaning attached to it. For me, it is now a weapon in my back pocket of whenever I'm going through anything and I want to remind you, new level, new devil, (laughs) different level, different devil. So now that I've transcended the herpes virus, I get to new levels of vulnerability where I'm like, oh my God, how the fuck am I ever going to get through this experience that I'm currently going through? And when I'm feeling that way, do you know what my weapon in my back pocket is, fam? My weapon in my back pocket is I broke free from herpes stigma and shame. I went through suicide ideation, complete denial, self-hatred and feeling like no one would ever love or choose me, including men and myself. And now I have complete radical self-ownership of it and I'm a powerful voice for it publicly online on the internet. I can fucking break through anything. This is just a small blip in time, a moment in my life. I have this weapon in my back pocket, a force for good and a memory that is like, "Mm -mm, Beck's limiting beliefs, shut the fuck up. We know that you're here. Hello, ego. Hello, ego trying to keep Beck small and suppressed today. We're not fucking doing that because remember that time where you were on the receiving end of something that felt so painful, so shameful, and so all-consuming? Or did you break through and break free from that? And did you turn that pain into your power? And did you turn that part of your messiness into your message? And now is it part of the reason that your life is so fucking good? Yes, 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 yes. Remember the ego is always searching for evidence. Well, ego... Just annihilated you, bitch, because guess what? If we can get through that, we can get through anything. I promise you, the herpes virus felt like the hardest hero's journey of my life, and yet I did it. And that is my reminder in my back pocket that nothing, no matter how big the mountain, no matter how high the hurdle, I will fucking find a way to jump that bitch. And if I can, and I've paved that pathway forward, All you get to do if you're feeling the same pain that I experienced then is following the footpaths. I've laid out a serious map. I've done the groundwork so that you don't have to do any guesswork and you just get to decide to put on your shoes of bravery and courage and walk that same path. I can't create the courage and bravery for you. That's your role. That's you saying, hey, I'm feeling brave and courageous, scared, but brave and courageous. But the path, show me the fucking path because I'm sick of the one that I've been walking on. And I promise you, it's so possible. And so I stay in that relationship with Rebound Guy for a little while, obviously out of fear. And I know a lot of women get really stuck in that cycle of, do I stay with the person who gave it to me? Do I not stay with the person who gave it to me? Is it right? Is it wrong? It's a question that's asked me frequently. And something that I love to say is, are you choosing that person from fear or from love? Now, if I had have loved the rebound guy, we would have been an incredible relationship. He treated me like a goddess. He spoiled me. He was respectful to me. He listened to me. I felt heard, but I had so much underlying resentment that my choice was taken from me, that I wasn't given the freedom of choice to choose my experience. And because of that, our relationship was built on resentment and fear. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what is your relationship built on? If it's built on the foundations of resentment and fear, well, if that's the slab underneath the house, that's got some fucking cracks in it. And that bitch is going to fall at some point versus my relationship with Jake is built on safety, trust, 
loyalty, love, empathy and compassion, and he is much more empathetic and compassionate than I am, respect, just like softness, just so many beautiful things that remind me of my relationship with Jake. And we build our relationship house on top of that. Now, I'm not naive in thinking that a relationship is fucking butterflies and rainbows and fantasy and a fairy tale all the time. In fact, I think (laughs) I've been the least kind of fairy tale girlfriend that you could find (laughs) for Jake. (laughs) He is very compassionate and patient and empathetic and I don't believe I'm very much any of those things when it comes to how I am in relationship, but loyal, loving, trusting, safe. I definitely contribute a lot of that to our foundation. So on top of that, the kind of house that we build is so rock solid and strong, which means any kind of wind and or storm, any amount of rain or thunder, our house can still stand rock solid because the foundation is strong. If you have built your relationship on fear and resentment, the storm's going to come and that house is going to blow over. And it's meant to blow over. I don't believe a relationship is meant to be created from the foundation of fear and resentment. And so when it comes to you and deciding the relationship that you're in, staying in or choosing to be in, if it's from an amount of fear, if it's, oh my God, I just disclosed to this guy and he accepts me, but I didn't really like him, but he accepts me. Well, that's not a fucking great foundation to build your relationship on. And trust me, I've been there in the past. I remember the first man I disclosed to, he was wealthy and successful and he had the kind of lifestyle that I was very much attracted to. He was mature, emotionally mature. He spoiled me. When I was in my 20s, I really loved being really adored and spoiled and poured into because I was experiencing deep unworthiness. So when a man came with an amount of wealth and he really put a lot of energy and effort and time and money into me, it poured into my worthiness cup. I didn't realize that was because my worthy, my personal worthiness was so low. Therefore, when he poured into me, whether it was financially or planned a lavish date, I felt, oh my God, it must be because I am so worthy and I am so beautiful and he thinks this, therefore I must. I didn't realize it was coming from deep-seated unworthiness. And so when I disclosed to him and he said, babe, it's not a big deal to me, I thought, oh my God, maybe I know I'm not feeling chemistry and connection and deep desire to be with this man, but he he says he's fine with me. He says it's not a big deal to him. He wants to be with me and he's planning all these lavish activities and excursions and, wow, he's spoiling me. Maybe we could. And there was a part of me that would just desire to be able to build a relationship on it, on that foundation from almost force. Like, I don't choose you. The chemistry and connection doesn't exist for me, but you have all the kind of things that I desire and you're saying the things that I really want to hear and yet the connection doesn't exist. Jake and I have a rock solid slab and in that cement is connection. Without that, we can't build. I can't build a relationship on top of a disconnected experience with someone. I love to paint a picture in my mind. So in my mind, I kind of picture literally driving past a block where a slab is laying down for a house and I see the cement truck pouring in. I imagine if it was a relationship, what is being mixed in that cement? And I'm seeing love and connection and gratitude and respect and empathy and compassion and patience. Jake's cement wheel has a lot more compassion and patience and empathy than mine does. Maybe maybe I'll receive those when I become a mother. Maybe not. Maybe that's just Jake's role in our relationship. 
But these are the kind of things that you get to sit with and be with when you're thinking about sharing your vulnerability, the relationships that you're leaning into, who you disclose to and why you would choose to stay in partnership with that person or not. Obviously, me and Rebound Guy, we knew that we had an expiration date. I internally knew, but I had so much fear to honour that because the fear of honouring that meant, oh my goodness, I will now be single And if I'm single, I love sex. I can't not have sex. If I have sex, I'm going to have to disclose. Eventually, I'd love to meet someone. I've always desired to be a mother and get married. I can't lie to my husband. I'm going to have to eventually tell someone that I test positive for the herpes virus. He could then laugh in my face. I could be rejected. All my fears could rise to the surface. So staying in relationship with Rebound Guy felt so much easier than facing off with my fears. And so I stay in relationship with this man having a deep inner knowing that completion is inevitable. I stay in relationship with this man knowing that I'm deeply resentful that my freedom of choice got taken from me. I'm even more resentful that we have an incredible friendship and a connection and I felt as though things could have been so drastically different if I had have been offered the opportunity to choose. And I stay in relationship with this man just from a deep sense of fear that I'll never be chosen again and fearing that I'll never, ever be able to experience love again. I also use it as an opportunity to reclaim my personal power back. In my past relationship, I would have bended over backwards for this person. I loved him so much that nothing was too much for me. Whereas now with this pain, the breakup, the pain of the breakup and the pain of the herpes shame that I'm going through and feeling like men have now done this to me, I use this as an opportunity to no longer please and appease men. And so I start making demands and I start realizing through my demands, I get to receive what I want. But knowing that it's coming from a really entitled place and not a grounded place, I know that this is also not the way that I desire to live my life. And so naturally, that relationship comes to its completion. And I look at the herpes virus and I'm living in some amount of denial. I don't want to acknowledge that it exists for me. And yet I know that it does. Physically, it's nowhere on my body, but mentally it is all-consuming. And the amount of pain that I was going through, fam, I don't think I can ever truly communicate it, but there are many videos on my social media, even my coming out video to Facebook that I only started redoing the rounds again three days ago that can actually communicate the amount of pain and fear that I was experiencing at the time. So I will definitely put that in the show notes so that you can make reference to it and watch it and actually see in real time what transformation can look like because I cannot communicate the pain that I was experiencing then because I no longer feel it. That pain is completely diminished. It doesn't exist anywhere in my body. So I'm not even capable to re-communicate from that painful space. However, I will share the video so that you can re-see and truly hear for yourself and create a lot of resonance. If you're currently in that place now, you can use that as a point of resonance and you can use my voice now as a source of inspiration. And so what I looked at, knowing that I was in denial around the herpes virus, didn't want to own it, physically wasn't anywhere on my body, but mentally all-consuming me, I decided, well, fuck. I've tried to put myself in this tiny little Rebecca box my entire life and I believe that if I was just perfect and I looked a certain way, spoke a certain way, my social media looked a certain way, maybe then I would just be worthy, people would like, love and accept me, I would be safe in the world. And now the herpes virus has completely fucking shattered that box. That wasn't even a box that I wanted to fit in but herpes has shattered it. And so I used herpes as a tool almost 
not even consciously, but to say, well, I believe that herpes had ruined me. This was a limiting belief that I was coming from. Herpes virus has ruined me. I may as well fucking go and do some shit now because I used to fear judgment, but now the thing that I have is the most judged thing of all. I may as well go and try some shit that will have me judge because I'm going to get fucking judged anyway. And I wrote down this bucket list of all these things that I deeply desire to do and achieve over the next 10 years of my life and said to myself, well, fuck back, going to get judged anyway. Now you have herpes, you're fucked, you're ruined, you may as well. You may as well try and live your life as best that you can. And so I had no commitment at that time to really truly look at the herpes virus. I decided for as long as physically it didn't return to my body, I could just live in some amount of denial and tried to convince myself of that. I was very aware how much the voice in the back of my mind was kind of, it's like an alarm in the back of your mind that sounds like you have herpes, you have herpes, you have herpes. And it's really frustrating because the body and then the other part of your mind is like, no, I fucking don't. It's nowhere. I can't feel it. I can't see it. You wouldn't know about it except for a blood test. Shut the fuck up. But the voice is like, yeah, but you know it, bitch. You know it. You've got herpes. No one will love you. You've got herpes. People are going to judge you. You've got herpes. Imagine what your family think. You'll get herpes. Imagine what your ex-boyfriend thinks. You've got herpes. You're the laughing stock of Perth. You've got herpes. And it's a constant alarm bell until you finally face off with those thoughts. But the part of me was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Try to override it. And so I use that, well, let's break free from this box and actually do some shit to write down this bucket list. And one of those things that I had been saying from age 19 was, I'm going to start my own activewear. And I had tried to get my activewear business off the ground multiple times. I'd moved to Bali, all different kinds of things. And I used the herpes virus and breaking free from that small box that I'd placed myself in as a powerful force to support me in doing and achieving all the things that I said to myself that I would set out to do and achieve. And so I went on a massive journey, starting in personal and professional development to support me in my entrepreneurial journey. I believe that if I was a female entrepreneur, that then I would feel worthy, then I would feel empowered, then I would feel successful. And I remember I was working in this corporate job. I had this deep desire to start an activewear. I knew that I was living in mass amounts of denial around the herpes virus. I wasn't willing to look at it yet, and I still wasn't willing to speak about it. And I met this guy. He was gorgeous, had a really gorgeous body. He was a boxer. He was so confident. He had lots of, he was very suave. He was very engaging, very, just very genuine. And I used him as an opportunity to share my truth around the pain that I was experiencing around my disordered eating. And I said to him, I go through a really hard time with my body. I go through a really hard time with my relationship with food. My weight frequently fluctuates. And when I look in the mirror, I feel really challenged to accept what I see. And that was a really powerful, that was a power move for me at the time. It felt very vulnerable to communicate that to someone, especially a man especially with all of my fears and limiting beliefs around men at the time and how much pain is attached to men. And this gorgeous man, he turned around and said to me, you know what, Beck? Me too. Well, not anymore, but I used to. I used to be very, very similar to you. And this was a massive shock to me because this guy was young, hot, gorgeous eyes. Everything about him was just amazing. And you know, when you look at a person, you think you look like the perfect human. How the fuck could you ever come with limiting beliefs? I mean, this is obviously before I ever got onto this path of personal development, understanding how much we are all very, very, very similar. But at the time I had no idea. I just saw beautiful people as perfect and perfect people don't have problems. That was what I used to project. And so as he said this to me, I was like, wow, I would have never looked at you and thought that about you. And I was really curious. And I said to him, what did you do? 
to change it. And he said, well, I went to this in-person event, this workshop called Landmark. And I never knew what Landmark was. I never knew what personal development was. I didn't know what professional development was. But I did know that entrepreneurs do things like this to create success for themselves. So I was very interested in what I could do to A, create more success for myself and B, how to create love for my body at the point in time at which I was resenting and hating it and been on a very big journey of continued hating and berating my body. And so he told me about this workshop and he said that one was coming up in Perth and that he would take me to it. And so I bought a ticket to it. And that was my introduction into the personal development, professional development world of realizing. And you know what's really funny? Do you feel like there are humans in your life who have changed the path and trajectory and direction that your life was going forever? And they planted such a pivotal, important seed in your life, in your mind, in your brain, in your being. But that person might not even know how important their role was in your shift in direction. I have two people in my life who have done that, two really pivotal people who I don't even think they know the seeds that they planted in my space and how important they were in my shift in direction. And I really believe that they were angels sent to me from God, put on my path to interject at a particular time to send me in a certain direction to support me on my course. And so I go to this landmark experience thinking that A, is going to support me in my entrepreneurial dreams and B, it's going to help me break free from body image and disordered eating. And it's so funny. I don't really remember too much from the course, but I remember one of the first words to come out of the speaker's mouth was, some people in this room will have STDs. And I was absolutely fucking mortified that he said that. And I was like, oh my God he is talking about me right now. And at the time, I still was not ready to speak about this, acknowledge this, face off with this, or even have the word herpes come out of my mouth. But him saying that at that point in time, I was like, why the fuck would that be the first sentence that he says in a course like this? And so I do nothing to acknowledge this vulnerability that exists for me. But what I do in this personal development space and why this room was so important for me I was 25, maybe 26, had these dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. I was working for a franchise at the time and I thought Janine Alice was my biggest inspiration. She's the Boost Juice woman who has multiple franchises under her belt and I thought if I become a version of her, I will feel so worthy and so fulfilled and so empowered and I will then be good enough. And so I thought women with a lot of success were the pinnacle of worthiness and that would be my key to becoming worthy. And I want you to hear, fam, it was still, I am not worthy. Therefore, if I create something outside of myself, then that thing will make me worthy. It was still the same transmutation of the thing that created the disordered eating. It was still the avoidance of the girls who bullied me in school, the boyfriend who assaulted me in the head that created the deep-seated beliefs of unworthiness that made me want to strive for these things to then feel worthy, not realizing that I was doing it entirely backwards. And so as I'm sitting in this course and I'm looking at all of these people around me and some of them are 10, 15, 20, 30 years my senior, and as they stand up in this workshop, they start sharing some really vulnerable things about themselves. And I look at them almost from a sense of shock, thinking, oh my fucking God, you literally have created the kind of life that I thought would be the pinnacle of success. And now we're in these rooms where no one else can hear. There are no cameras, no mobile phones. This is never going to get repeated again. And I can hear what's truly going on for you in your human experience. 
and you still feel unfulfilled, unhappy, unworthy. And I thought to myself, oh my God, how do they have all the things that I thought would bring me happiness and yet they have everything that I think that I want to set out and go and create for my life and yet they still feel deeply unfulfilled and unhappy. And in that moment, it was like I had this epiphany of I will not do that for my life. I am not going to do what they have done because I can hear now the false belief that says when I get there then, then I'll be happy, then I'll be fulfilled, then I'll be worthy of a partner. And they already have all of those things and they're still facing off with the same demons of I am not worthy, I am not fulfilled, I am not happy. I didn't love the course itself. I love Landmark and I appreciate Landmark for the purpose of it being the first doors of a course I ever walked through, but it wouldn't be my place that I refer people to. However, it is something that I am forever grateful for, for the fact that that epiphany landed in those moments in that room of here are all of these successful people with all of their masks taken off and I can see all of their external success and yet behind the mask and behind the filter is someone who still does not love themselves. And it was in that moment that I said to myself, I'm doing this backwards. I think that once I get there, then I will be worthy, then I will love myself, then a man will choose me. But it's actually the opposite way around. And that was a moment that my life really did I mean, I think there were lots of moments where my life really did change forever, but that was point two after testing positive for the herpes virus that I realized this is the moment in time where I start trying something different. And so that was what started a path of courses, workshops, mentors, shamans, healers, working with philanthropists, working with plant medicines, working with anything that I thought could be an alternate way to something that I had already tried to learn how to love and accept myself. And that is probably one of my favorite parts of the skill set that I have now. 10 years heavily invested in this work and in this way of learning and in these studies and in these courses and in these mentorships and in nervous system training and in conscious wealth energetics and in everything that I have done, I did solely for the purpose of learning how to love myself and accept myself so that I could create the life for myself that I desire. I never said I'm going to go and get these tools so that I can then go and monetize these tools because then I can teach these tools and women will buy them from me. That was never my intention. I had no idea that I was going to be a coach, even though when you look at me, it's kind of like, no fucking shit, you're a coach woman. Like this was handwritten on your soul. And even when I was a personal trainer, the people didn't come to me for the lunges. They thought that they did. They came to me for me and the energy that is back. This has always been naturally ingrained in my DNA. I just had to break through my blocks around being seen, my blocks around owning my voice, my blocks around speaking my voice, my blocks around being seen for all of me, not just the parts of me I want people to see, but all of me, the light and the dark the shadow and the higher self, the bigness that is back and the wounded little girl that still shows up, the part of me that knows that I'm so fucking deserving and the part of me that still has my little girl show up to Jake sometimes and the part of me that still gets to be called forward by Jake to be better and more embodied and more empowered, the part of me that still is learning to trust love and open my heart up to more love so that I can give more love and receive more love, the part of me that is still pulling down walls. This is still a massive part of my journey that I love because, oh, my God, imagine being 34 and being at the end of your journey. That would be boring. But I could continue these stories and how I got here to the place that I'm in forever 
And I believe that my business journey is going to be a beautiful conversation piece for another podcast. But to really go full circle in terms of how I got from Landmark into 10 years of study to finally being exactly where I'm at now was I got to a point where I was looking online and I had seen all of these women blow up on the internet and I would look at them and I would think, I fucking know more than you. I'm better than you. I was was coming from quite a large place of judgment. How are all of these women doing their thing? I feel like I'm so much more capable and more able than them. And I would be projecting. I'd see a woman doing her thing on the internet. I'd judge her. I'd be so triggered by her. Who the fuck does she think she is? And I, in those moments, obviously being so super aware, would think to myself, well, what is this judgment that I'm projecting at these women? And why do I feel so intensely triggered by what they're doing? And I realized, well, it's because I'm not using my voice and I'm not living my life and I'm not walking my path. And them doing that is a mirror back to me. They're using their voice. They're being vulnerable. They're allowing themselves to be seen. I desire that, but I don't give myself permission for that. So rather than giving myself permission and doing the hard, challenging thing, so much fucking easier to project that them, I can keep deflecting. I can keep avoiding. I can keep making them wrong and bad. And the more that I judge them, the more that I can fear judgment of being myself. And once I realized that, it came to a point where I said to myself, well, what are you going to do differently? I'd learned everything that I had to learn. I'd worked with all the mentors. I'd done all the courses. And I really believed that I could be me without using my voice around herpes. I really didn't want anyone to know. I really was so fearful of people ever knowing this about me and people talking about me and knowing that I test positive for herpes and it being a part of gossip, it being a rumor that gets spread, or not even a rumor that gets spread, a truth that gets spread. There was so much fear of judgment and people knowing this thing about me that I believed it was only for my sexual partner. And I really believed that I could be all of me without using my voice around this one thing. And I was getting to a point where I was experiencing so much resistance in my life everything felt like an uphill battle. And I thought to myself, why? Why is everything so hard when I know everything? Why is everything not landing? And I did this six-month course with my mentor, Preston Smiles, and I realized I do know everything and things aren't integrating and things aren't landing because I haven't given myself permission to use my voice in this powerful way that I really desire to. I'm still at war with my own thoughts of what people might think if they were to know this thing about me. I was still deeply fearful of people judging me. I still felt like I had an image to uphold and that my ego was doing everything that she could that was within her power to stop me from being fully seen. And so I decided one day something gets to change and this herpes thing gets to be the thing that I face off with. And so I went to war with herpes for six months in this course with my mentor, who's still my now mentor, Preston Smiles. And I decided to myself at the end of this six months, I'm going to finally set myself free and decide that no matter what people think and what judgments people hold about me, what projections come my way or what anyone could say, I'm going to finally choose myself. I'm going to draw a line in the sand and say, no matter what happens from this point, I am never, ever, going to allow the judgments of others to get in the way of me living my life. So if me telling everyone means that no one will ever like me, my friends will no longer want to know me, no man will ever date me, and my family can be deeply embarrassed by me, well, 
if that's my fate, then I get to surrender to that being it. I'm sick to fucking death of living my life in the fear of what people think about me. And so I set a commitment to myself that on the last day of this program, I would share with the world live on Facebook that I test positive for the herpes virus. And that was probably the third moment in time that my life changed forever. And I remember sitting on my balcony. The day the program completed, I committed to myself that this would be the day that I do it. And I sat there with my phone in my hand and I tried so hard to press the live button and I just sat there and cried. And I cried for the entire day. And I really thought that I was crying in fear fear of what people might say, fear of what people might think, fear of what judgments might come my way. And at the end of the day, and I didn't hit the live button that day, at the end of the day, I realized I wasn't crying in fear. I was crying in mourning. I was finally letting go of this version of me who cared so fucking much of what people thought about her. And from the moment that I pressed that live button, she was going to go. A piece of me was dying. It was essentially an ego death for my identity. And the next day I woke up and I knew it was the day to do it. And I sat there with my phone in my hand and I had two of my girlfriends on hold with their phones in their hand waiting for me to go. I felt so supported in this experience. I had such a community of people around me who knew that this would be such a freeing experience for me that were there to love and support me through it no matter what. And I did the thing. And that was my line in the sand moment of I fucking choose me no matter what comes my way, no matter what people say. This is me choosing all of me, even the parts of me that I fucking hate. I'm going to say, I am Beck. This is me. And I test positive for the herpes virus, no matter what you think. And that was the third point in time that my life changed. And now I'm here. I'm moving out of this house at the end of the year. And I've lived in this house for six years now. And a part of the reason that this house is so meaningful for, to me is that balcony supported me and held me as I went through that really scary experience. And I did it so powerfully with so much bravery. In fact, I'm going to share the video in the show notes so that you can really see the transition between then and now. And my reminder for you, fam, is that transformation does not take time. It takes massive amounts of courage. Yes, there is a time element. There was me going to that first course when I was 25. There was all the different things that I tried, people that I communicated with, different people that I shared with to build the evidence that I was safe to use my voice. But the moment that I truly decided to draw a line in the sand and choose myself, rapid transformation landed in my space. And that is possible for all of us. Freedom is possible for me. It is possible for you too. So my questions to leave you on after this two-part podcast is, number one, have you created clarity around what you are currently avoiding. Number two, I'm wondering what is your line in the sand? Where do you really get to draw a line in the sand in your life and say, I am not choosing this experience anymore? What would that look like for you? Mine was saying, I am no longer subscribing to caring so much about the thoughts of what other people might, what are emphasis are might, might think about me. I'm no longer subscribing to that. And question number three, what is one step that you could take today that would be one forward step towards you choosing yourself? It could be saying no to unaligned men. It could be asking for what you want. It could be 
to stop people pleasing. The next time someone asks you something and you hear internally a no, honoring that no rather than overriding it with your yes. I'm wondering what is one action step you can take towards choosing yourself today? Because I know I say transformation requires courage, but also those monumental micro steps towards transformation are really going to be the thing that sets you up for success. Fam, I hope you are really inspired by this two-part series podcast. I would love to hear any massive takeaways that you have, any aha moments, any big insights, any mass breakthroughs. And if you watch the coming out video that's in my show notes and you create so much deep resonance with it, I'd also love to hear that from you as well. It is such an absolute pleasure to be here and sit here with each and every single one of you, new listeners and all of my old community as well. We are all welcome here and I'm so excited for this journey just to be getting started. So many amazing guest speakers coming our way and so much goodness in store. We're just going to get raw, real and so much more vulnerable. I hope you all have a beautiful, brilliant day. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode. 